Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness. It's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello, welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair, and it's good to be with you again on another episode of Vitality Radio. You know, sometimes as I'm trying to determine what I should be talking about on the next show or next set of shows, I think through things that in the 15 years I've done this show that I haven't given much attention to that may deserve some attention. And this show is one of those shows. I'm actually really excited to bring it to you because this is a topic that I've very briefly touched on for a minute or two here and there because I personally use the product and I absolutely love it uh, for a variety of different things. But I don't know that much about it, uh, the, the uh, technical aspects of why it works and, and what it does. In fact, I think the things I think I know might not even be accurate. So I got an expert and we're going to have him talk to us about something called emu oil. If you've heard of it, uh, but never used it, this should be a pretty fascinating conversation. And I anticipate if you've heard of it and used it, you already know it's pretty amazing stuff. And maybe you can learn even more uses for it. Of course, Vitality Radio is always brought to you by Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful. We're at 107 South 500 West. And uh, you can come visit us in person. We'd love to have you do that. But of course, this podcast goes everywhere. So if you're not near Bountiful, just jump on our website, vitalitynutrition.com. You can open up a chat there and ask questions if you'd like, or you can call us and ask questions, even if you're not local to the store, 801-292-6662. Let's talk about e emu oil. I've got Don Collins on with me. Don, welcome to Vitality Radio. Very happy to have you. Uh, like I told you before, and like I just told the audience, this is a topic I've probably ignored for far too long. So uh, let I'm curious how the heck you got into this thing, uh, raising emus and uh, promoting emu oil. It's on our property, so we looked at them. Very intriguing. I mean, just something different that we'd never seen and started doing more research on it. And because both of us are interested in natural products and health and nutrition, the more we researched, the more intriguing it got. And so then we uh, decided to go ahead and invest and bought a couple pair. At that time, those pair, we paid $14,000 for them. Oh, wow. Of course, my sister had paid $21,000 for her the year before, so we thought we got a pretty good deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a pyramid scheme at the beginning. <laughs> You know, people selling, you know, breeding stock. But then I was reminded that actually turkeys back in the 20s at the introduction of their breeding stock sold for $2,000 a piece. No kidding. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's understandable. But anyway, this thing, uh, the, the emu are so prolific that uh, it didn't take long for that uh, breeder market to disappear. And then it came more down into a more realistic, you know, agricultural market. Someone who's been doing emus for as long as you have raising emus. Let's uh, for people who are completely unaware, what is an emu? What are the, what uh, describe it for us? Well, they're a member of the ratite family, which includes the ostrich, rhea, uh, the uh, kiwi, and cassowary, along with emus. So there's five different uh, varieties in that group. Okay, and they're a group of flightless birds. Mainly, I mean, the, the rhea isn't located in South America. Of course, the ostrich in Africa. The others are in the, you know, New Guinea, Australia, you know, just that area, New Zealand. So it was uh, pretty isolated to that. And they, the, the emu that came into the United States were sold in in the 30s and 40s and were sold as zoo stock. They came directly from Australia. And at that time in Australia... They were trying to get rid of the emus. They were considered a pest. You know, they're trying to get their cattle businesses going. You know, as the English had settled in there, they started cattle. They looked at emu more as a competitor for food and space 
and they were really trying to get rid of them. Uh, fortunately, Australia figured out the, you know, that there is an economic value to them and decided, you know, protect them and, you know, keep them, you know, thriving in the wild. So that, that those experts had cut off after the 40s and the killing of the birds actually had had cut off. Then, the, then Australia eventually got into farm raising them, you know, for the, you know, for the value of the, you know, the oil as well as a meat source. Okay. And I think a lot of people have probably heard of like ostrich burgers and things like that. That's mm -hmm. actually certainly more common now than it ever was before. But uh, emus are used in the same way? Well, yeah. Emu is a little bit different texture of meat. It's still, they're red meat. It looks almost like venison or elk. It's very red, lean, high in iron content, but it's, uh, you know, it's almost totally fat-free. It's 97% fat-free. Hmm. So of poultry, and I'm talking, you know, chickens, turkeys, anything, they don't have a marbled meat as pork, beef, you know, lamb. Mm -hmm. You know, they all have saturated fats and marbled meat. So you're getting all the fat is external of the meat and it's then separated off and rendered down into the oil, but it leaves the meat, you know, almost fat free. Hmm, interesting. Okay. So you got into this, you decided that raising emus, emus might be something you wanted to do. Um, you buy a couple of pair, you pay a lot of money for them. Mm -hmm. And then what happens? Well, you start to... <laughs> You go buy a good pitchfork, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, animal husbandry with it and, you know, raising the birds, you know, the, the birds will lay eggs. Actually, they lay eggs during the winter months, which is pretty convenient because hmm. then they are hatched out in the spring and they grow, you know, the, the young grow all summer long before they go into the next winter, but they've got good size to them and, are able to, uh, you know, take care of themselves. There's okay. some species out there that will, you know, if it were, it sounds more logical to do it if they were laying during the summer, but then they'd be too small going into winter and then you're heating barns and your expenses go way up. Interesting. Now you're saying that they're primarily then native to Australia and did you say New Zealand as well? Uh, no, actually, no. The, the Kiwi... Their cousins are over in New Zealand. Right. Okay. So th I think that's kind of an interesting thing because the name of your company is Montana Emu Ranch. doesn't mm -hmm. seem that similar to Australia to me, although I've never been down under. Uh, but these birds are pretty hardy if they can handle Montana weather. They are extremely hardy and they're very adaptable. Now, we, work, we do work with uh, Montana State University. They do a lot of the, you know, dinosaur studies down there, but uh, they've determined, you know, through, you know, fossils and that, that the emu is, you know, it dates back 80 million years Interesting. and it's virtually unchanged. So in order to do that, they've got to be very adaptable to any situation that comes along. Now up here, of course, we can get, uh, you know, our temperatures get down as low as, as 20 below. Mm-hmm. And we have shelters for them. We put fresh bedding out when, you know, especially in cold weather and uh, also throw some straw on the ground so they're not freezing to the ice or something. But they'll go in and, uh, you know, stay inside for a little bit. Pretty soon they climatize. We'll see them out walking the fence lines at 20 below. They just Interesting. That's wild. So uh, at any given time, how many emu are you raising? The most we'd have on the ranch that, you know, since we've been going is somewhere around 750, 800, somewhere in there. Wow. That's quite an operation. <laughs> okay. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to shut that off. <laughs> that's my email coming in. Oh, gotcha. I don't know. Is there, you know, anything that. Would... I, I can't hear anything on my end. Oh, oh now I, was... I can. Yeah, it, it just dinged when the new message came. Oh, out. gotcha. But uh, yeah, where were we? Uh, so you've got at, at the highest you're saying about 750. Yeah, and that would include the last year's hatch, which would be coming up. You know, they'd be a year old. 
or, or more. Uh, we've got uh, somewhere mid thirties of breeding stock that's always on the place. Mm-hmm. And then the hatch of the, you know, the new hatch. So we, we try to produce about 300 to 350 chicks a year. Okay. And so then, of course, at least in my view, I, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seems that the primary uh, use, I guess, or awareness maybe is even a better word of an emu would be the emu oil. Uh, and you say the emu, the fat is not in the meat. So where, how does that work? Well, they develop a fat pad on their back that's approximately two inches thick. So this is it's like a big slab of fat runs the width of the bird and length of the bird. So it's about four feet long, maybe three feet wide, two inches thick. Hmm. A good bird will yield on average uh, 22, 24 pounds of fat. And that then is rendered down into the oil. It takes 10 pounds of fat to make a eight pound gallon of oil. Okay. And so they yield real high. So we'll get two, two and a half gallons of oil per bird when we process. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I had no idea. I, I knew that parts of that, but I had no idea the yield was that high. That's cra- kind of crazy. It's almost a third of, a, of the bird is fat. Another third is meat. The other third is bone and, you know, mm-hmm. organ meats and all that. Interesting. Okay, but the, and, and I want to get into emu oil in particular and talk about mm-hmm. the, the healing benefits and all that kind of stuff. But um, one of the things that I found interesting when I very first found out about your company, because I'd known about emu oil before, and I was carrying it at Vitality Nutrition for, I don't know, maybe a couple of years at that point. This is, I don't even know how many years ago, but it's been a while. And uh, I found out about your products through uh, a local broker here that works for you for you folks, uh, the Carters, and they said, you know, what we love about their operation is they're not just harvesting oil from the birds, they're using the whole bird. Uh, Talk to us about that a little bit. Well, you know, uh, uh, the bones, organ meats, that kind of thing that we can't, you know, sell, we ship out to, there's a uh, uh, raw food feeders out in uh, the Olympia area in Washington that purchase all that and then they distribute it up and down the coast. Okay. So that's boxed up according to, you know, knuckle bones. We also sell them, you know, any of the excess meat that we've processed. We're kind of on the meat side. We're kind of in a catch 22 situation in that we don't produce enough to attract a broker for it. And yet we produce too much for us to, distribute ourselves Hmm. so that's where that excess would come in okay and then beyond that what's left essentially is the oil uh which is primarily what montana emu ranch is known for i guess yeah that's the oil and the benefit of that oil i mean it's all based around balance there's another you know a quote from one of our local radio personalities george ostrom he'd been around forever but he came up with, uh, there is nothing you cannot do. Yeah. How did that go? <laughs> there is nothing you cannot do with the balm of an emu. Okay. So, meaning, emu oil, it, it uh, you know, balances the body. So if you talk to somebody, you know, whether it's wound control, any type of stress situation that, the body goes out of balance. Mm-hmm. Emu oil gives the, gives the body the tool to go into balance. And that's really is why it speeds up the healing process on wounds, also brings down inflammation. Now, so, if you take that, that oil, you sort of combining it with other, you know, like Arnica or, you know, just other herbs and nutrients, because emu oil is actually, it's a transdermal carrier. Now, there are carrier oils out there, jojoba's one, but there are really no transdermal carriers in the natural world. Closest thing would be DMSO, but it'll lock onto nutrients and carry it into the body. So you get added benefit from anything you combine with the oil. 
Well, and that's the first time I ever heard about, or the first thing I ever heard about emu oil that made me intrigued enough to bring it into my store is that transdermal uh, benefit of being able to actually pull things down, uh, mm. you know, through the layers of skin to where the skin actually is being formed and, and, and healed and that sort of thing. And I thought that was really, really fascinating. Um, what do we know about the actual components of emu oil that give it that, give it those properties? Well, emu oil is a short chain fat. So if you look at the scale of fats and they would go from, I mean, zero would be gaseous mm -hmm. up to 30, which would be paraffin wax. Okay. Uh, most animal fats such as beef or even ostrich for that matter, tallow type products, they run in that at about 24 on that range of fats. Now, if you were to analyze the oils naturally in your body, they would be considered short, short chain fat and would come in about 17 on that scale. That's okay. where emu oil falls. So it's a perfect match and blend. It blends with our own oils and that's what carries it in. Ah, okay. So it's, it's somewhat bioidentical, I guess, then to the, to the yeah. human oil, skin oils. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And, and, and in terms of the other components of the oil, what does it contain? We always hear about omega fats and things like that. What's in emu oil? Well, it's got, uh, it's composed of five different, uh, omega oils. So it's got the three, six, nine, uh, which are very common, but it also has five and seven, you know, five being wound healing, seven being, uh, good for, you know, supporting, uh, soft tissues. So internally. Okay. Now the omega three and six, you know, that, that blend of three, six and nine are, you know, work for the, you know, anti-inflammatory and, uh, you know, brings the balance to the skin. Okay. And so when you originally, I'm really curious when you originally decided to get into this, it, it was with the intention of harvesting the oil. Was that the primary um, you wanted to get into the business of selling emu oil. Is that kind of the motivation in the early days? hundred percent. Okay. And yeah. what, what did you, you didn't know much about it. You'd never even seen an emu until you saw your sisters. I think you said, right. Um, so w back then 1992, how much did we even know about emu oil? Was there, was there some good research on it at that well, point? There, yeah, there was beginning research and, you know, uh, in the American Emu Association, there were a number of, number of physicians that were real intrigued by it, and they were, you know, very supportive of it. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that was done was uh, there was a, oh, what the heck is his name? Peter, mm, forgot the last name, Peter Clark. And he was called the Emu Man. And he went in. At this time, they were looking at emu as a possible, uh, you know, for its nutritional value, as a possible source of meat for third world countries. So he had flown, you know, a group into uh, Australia and they went into the outback traveling with the Aborigines. And they had uh, they killed an emu. They're going to have it for dinner that night. Mm -hmm. And he looked over and here's this old Aborigine sitting on a log. And he's got his hands in the fat of that bird and he's pulling it out and he's rubbing it on his knees. And he said, well, why are you doing that? He says, because it makes the pain go away. Hmm. And light bulbs went off and that was the beginning of the of EB oil. Yeah, very interesting. Okay. And so it, I think that's interesting too. And I don't want to, I don't want to skip past it too quickly. You're talking about pure, fresh, emu fat basically mm -hmm. that he was using um prior you know prior to the rendering process and all that and certainly with no added things he's not putting right. cbd or menthol or any of that kind of stuff in there mm -hmm. uh so the C the e emu oil beyond the fact that it's able to penetrate deeply into the skin um on its own has this natural powerful anti-inflammatory and pain relieving benefit then yeah it's the you know that combination of omegas yeah, that's that's really that's really three, interesting. Three six nine. There's also other things there are what they call the X factor. This is do you remember Doctor Barry Sears? Yeah, yeah. Well, he'd he'd uh, he used to call uh, emus emu oil a pharmaceutical, spelled F A R M, <laughs> because okay. it could be growing. 
rather yeah. than made in a lab. But, uh, you know, recognizing the anti-inflammatory benefits and the, you know, I mean, it's the healing benefits and that's balance. It all has to do with balance. Yeah, that's really, really interesting. Okay, so then we, we've, we've talked about the transdermal benefit. We've talked about the anti-inflammatory benefit. But one of the things that I know a lot of people use it for and that I've certainly used it for is also the moisturizing benefit. It seems to be very, I, I don't know if the right word is hydrating to the skin, but certainly moisturizing. Um, it, I, I assume, again, we're going back to the omega fats that are in there, but also mm -hmm. the omega five would be uh, one of the primary things there or no? Omega-5 has more to do with, with uh, wound healing. But what you're trying to do, trying to do with, uh, you know, it's an anti-aging product. You're trying to hydrate the skin. Yeah. And that's the goal. Get water in the skin. It's just like, you know, buying a lotion. If it has some water in it, that's not a problem. Now, getting the water into the skin can be more difficult. Yeah. So, I mean, just with these creams and the lotion, you put it on, I mean, you can look at yourself in the mirror in the morning, put that on and you look younger. It yeah. softens the lines, it hydrates the skin and it stays for a long time because it's not just working on the surface. It's going into all layers of the skin. Well, and that's been one of the things that I think is um, frustrating maybe to a lot of consumers out there using products for moisturizing is that they feel mm -hmm. like they're using them all the time. You know, I'm here in Utah, so we're in the desert. And it's very dry, very little humidity down here. Mm -hmm. uh, and people complain constantly about dry hands and knuckles and, and people that wear flip-flops around during the summertime, get dry heels oh. and all this kind of stuff. And um, you can use all the lotions you want, but they're more temporarily beneficial because primarily most of that stuff is staying on the surface of the skin. And mm -hmm. so with the emu, you're able to pull those other moisturizing factors that would be blended in with it down deeper and, and have more of a permanent type benefit. Is that that's correct. a pretty good description? Oh, yeah. And we're, we're in pretty, you know, pretty dry climate up here, too. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what you're describing would be the perfect product for that would be our worker's hand cream. And that worker's hand cream you know, along with all the nutrients and the emu oil, it's got a little bit of lanolin in it too. So it's more protective. It tends to seal and, and protect from moisture loss. Dry skin really has more to do, you know, with the evaporation, people working around, you know, water a lot, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, nurses, housekeepers, I mean, people, if you got your hands wet a lot, you tend to get real dried out. It just evaporates off. This puts kind of a protective barrier on it and slows that evaporation process. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really, healing. so then the lanolin though, lanolin coming from lamb's wool, uh, would stay mm -hmm. more on the surface of the skin as a protectant. Is that how yeah. that works? Yeah. And then the, the emu and the other it. things are, are being pulled in deeper. So what other moisturizing factors do you typically use in your creams uh, that would that would uh, harness that transdermal benefit? Well, our, you know, emulsifiers. So, you know, beeswax, shea butter, you know, those are they're both really good. Real, you know, a lot of health benefit to them. Uh, and that's one of the things where, you know, some of the companies, not so much now as they used to, but where they're using a lot of the, uh, you know, the parabens and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, petroleum based products, Vaseline, you know, these type of things as the base of their products. That's something, they're nothing in our products that isn't nutritional. It's in there for a reason. It might smell good, but there's also a health benefit to it. So in using essential oils and, and uh, you know, different uh, ingredients. Yeah. And that's one thing that I really respect about your formulas. I've never looked at the back of one of your formulas and said, oh, I don't want that in my body, you know, or on my body. Mm -hmm. So I, and again, one of the reasons I, I invited you on uh, to talk about it. So then the, the primary benefits that I'm aware of, and I'd love for you to enlighten me if there's more, would be uh, moisturizing, uh, pain relief and anti-inflammatory type benefits. And, um, and then of course, being able to bring certain things deeper into the skin for the healing purposes. That's mm -hmm. primarily what we're using emu oil for. Are there other things that people use it for or specific conditions that it seems to work for better or different than other things? 
Well, you know, of course, I have to be a little careful because we are licensed as a cosmetic company. Mm. And email oil, uh, as far as the FDA is concerned, is a cosmetic. It's a moisturizer. Okay. They don't recognize it, and nobody's gone in to try to make it a pharmaceutical, so you cannot make you know medical claims on it. Right. However, it works really good on dry, flaking skin, cracking skin. You know, it's an anti-aging ingredient. Uh, you know, we kind of play off of the fish oil business also. So for internal use, we're looking at, uh, you know, cholesterol. Uh, the uh, Also, even, you know, of course, a lot of skin problems start on the inside. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, it could be liver toxicity, malfunction, but it, it, the emu oil will support liver function, which draws all the toxins out of your body. If you have a compromised liver, oftentimes the toxins can't get out. They, and then they erupt through the skin. Right. And then you have the symptoms of psoriasis, eczema, so on and so forth. So how does emu help to support liver function? Well, just through the omegas. You know, the, you know, three, six, nine, nine, nine is a, uh, you know, it's not considered an essential fatty acid, right? But in someone with a compromised liver, they lose the ability to process it. And so the emu oil is, is quite high in omega nine and it works to supplement that. And so because the liver is required and involved in all processing of fats in the body, basically, mm -hmm. of any origin, then, uh, then having those healthy uh, fats that are, that are necessary uh, right. would support that. That makes a lot of sense, but I'd never thought of that before. That's, that's really cool. So the thing that I have noticed that I, th I think is really interesting is that most times, I, I don't even know, Don, maybe 75% of the time or more, when I mention emu oil to somebody, they say, what's that? Like it just, people just haven't got the message to a large degree. You're smiling. You've run into the same thing. Well, I've been working at it for 30 years. <laughs> right. And there's still people that don't know about it. Yeah. And, and, and it's a shame, right? Cause this mm -hmm. is amazing medicinal thing. That's, I, I guess it's a cosmetic thing, but it has all these properties that are mm -hmm. so, uh, so unique. That's the thing. Like, Cause you want to talk about oils and carriers and things, you know, we sell essential oils at Vitality and people use coconut oil and they use jojoba mm -hmm. oil and they use grapeseed oil and almond oil and, you know, name the oil, right? There's so many different options that people use, uh, not just as carriers, uh, but as, you know, massage oils and and, the, and bases for things that they use for to, to rub on achy knees and joints and things like that. But emu oil is still just kind of on the outside looking in, it seems, in terms of popularity, um, which I, I anticipate is a little frustrating for someone who does this for a living. Um, how, why do you think it hasn't really like caught on in a big way? Because it is amazing stuff. I've used it for probably at least 20 years. I love mm -hmm. this stuff, but it, most of the people I talk to have never heard of it still. Well, it's what I got to a little earlier. It's, uh, you know, you're limited on what you can say. Okay. You know, as far as FDA regulations. And I, I really stretched it in a lot of the stuff I said. But we things we can talk about legally are, you know, the anti-aging properties. So, you know, it, along with that hydration that we talked about, it's also adding elasticity, which, you know, reduces the signs of aging. All right. And, you, you, you take those effects and you carry them, you know, throughout. So you're adding elasticity, you're hydrating, whether it's on the inside or the outside, it's still very beneficial. So do people take emu oil as an internal product? Oh, yes. Yes. We have a, uh, we call Omega Complex, which is emu oil in a capsule. And it's just pure emu oil, nothing else in there. Nothing else in there. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of that. So I'm going to have to look into that one too. Okay. So I'm learning a lot here. This is really fascinating to me. And I'm, I'm such a geek when it comes to this kind of stuff. So I want to, I want to keep picking your brain here. So one thing that I think, I guess there's probably two parts to this question that I think are, um, might be hindering emu a little bit in terms of popularity 
the first thing has to be just kind of a misunderstanding of what it even is. You know, where does it come from? What is it? That kind of thing. And then I think people are a little bit hesitant still to put animal fat on their body as opposed to some sort of plant fat like coconut oil. Um, There are people now waking up to the fact that some of these fats like tallow, for instance, can have some real benefit as a topically applied uh, product. In fact, the the, uh, person that uh, set us up with this interview, my assistant, Jessica, uh, she told me when I first met her, it was really funny. One of the things she said is I, you know, I put tallow on my face every night. And uh, I, I said, really? Because Frankly, if you met Jessica, she doesn't seem like the person that would rub beef fat on her face. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just say it. At least um, not, not tell it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sure, I'm not going <laughs> to tell people about it. And I laughed because it was just caught me off guard. And mm-hmm. and not that I thought it was weird, really, because I don't think it is. I think tallow has all these amazing benefits, but I just didn't expect it. But what's happening is now we have a lot more people talking about everything from like carnivore diets to, you know, organ meat as being a health promoting thing. It's sort of come back in vogue as there's this greater push towards, you know, veganism and eating crickets for protein and all the other stuff that's going on out there. And we're starting to recognize, I think some of us anyway, are starting to recognize that, oh, well, maybe God had a plan and set all these things here for our use. And this could be a beneficial thing. But Mm -hmm. I do think... Tell me what you think. I don't I don't know how it is from from your chair for sure. Are a lot of people avoiding it simply because of where it comes from? Well, they don't know. And uh, we've got a real interesting testimony on our it's on our social media page right now. But that's from a woman who's a animal activist and was very very much against the use of any animal-based products mm-hmm, mm-hmm. until she had, it was a, what was it a burn, wasn't it? Sunburn. Yeah. Bad sunburn. Somebody put it on and just healed up. <laughs> and then her, it was her, what, her brother or something that got actually burned his face and they used it on him and everybody's just amazed how fast he healed. She came back and says, you know, she is still an animal activist. <laughs> But there are some real human benefits to this product, right. and they need to be utilized. So she's very supportive now of the emu. That's you know, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. turned her around when she saw it work. Yeah. Okay, so then I think this is really, really um, an interesting topic. When I decided I wanted to bring you on and talk about this before mm-hmm. I had uh, Janine call you and, and ask you to come on and all this stuff, because I'm, I'll be the first one. I've said it on my show before. I don't believe that veganism is the, the best approach to health. I think that there, it, that there's balance and all this stuff. I don't necessarily believe that carnivore is all is is the best approach to health either. There's yeah. these you know different types of extremes, and I do think that a lot of people that are on the vegan side of things or the animal activist side of things are because it's more of an activist stance than it is. A health Political. stance, right? Yeah, it's it. They feel like we shouldn't be, you know, abusing animals or however they would, you know, want to put mm-hmm. it. And so it's going to be a little bit of a controversial thing. Uh, anybody that's in the ranching business, whether it's an emu or a cow, uh, is is going to get a little bit of flack on that kind of thing from certain mm-hmm. groups. But I believe really that the emu is such a unique thing, and the emu oil is such a unique thing that. It just needs to get out there in the in the public discourse a little bit because, mm-hmm. you know, OK, so you have a sunburn, you know, put aloe vera on it. Maybe it doesn't heal as quick as emu, but we're not, you know, we're not getting it from a bird or whatever. You've, you've got a uh, pain in your knee. You can put some CBD or some menthol or icy hot or, you know, something on that or whatever. But there are some things that emu oil. Uh, well, a I'm going to I'm going to state that I believe emu oil added to just about any of those things is going to make it more effective. But there are some pretty significant issues that people deal with that emu oil may be the answer. And and maybe there isn't another answer when it comes to that deep hydrating Mm -hmm. capacity and penetrating a transdermal capacity. Would you, uh, am I stating that correctly in your opinion? No, I agree with that. We, we, and we sell an awful lot of, of, you know, the hundred percent pure oil. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and people use it for everything. I mean, we, we call it a medicine chest in a bottle Yeah, because you can use it on wounds. You can use it as a moisturizer. You can feed it to your dog. I and mean, if you've got 
dog that has skin problems, <laughs> no, they're better for them than putting a little emu oil on their food. But uh, yeah, and get him a good diet too. <laughs> but, right, right. Uh, no, that definitely helps, and 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 they respond rapidly to it. Uh, people do too, you know. I mean, we've dealt with anything from you know bed sores to uh, other you know chronic wounds that are just healed up. I got to tell you a little story. Okay. And this was we worked with a nurse here, and uh, she happened to be working in the ICU. She's helped us with some formulas on different things. But anyway, she calls me one day. She says, Don, get up here to the ICU. So I jumped in my car, not having any idea what I was in for. But I drove up there, and she let me into the ICU. And she had a very, very elderly woman there who was, God, I, I, well, she was dying is what it was. She's very old, and she was dying. And she had developed sores the size of silver dollars there were ulcerations all over her abdomen and legs arms and you know and the, the woman is basically you know she can't communicate she's she's pretty much out of it but this nurse asked the family if she could try to treat these wounds and and make her more comfortable you know and they said yeah sure do it she started putting emu oil on them and these open ulcerated wounds skinned over within just a few days so then they were pink healed over wow wounds on a dying body and so that's, that's saying a lot yeah that's and that's really what i was alluding to yeah. is that there's a unique power there that really isn't found in other oils mm -hmm. and for us not to harness that power uh it seems silly well it goes to back to balance yeah if you ask a wound care specialist a doctor a nurse a nurse is probably no more than doctors veterinarians work with it all the time, you know, with these chronic wounds yeah. and they will tell you, you can treat it and treat it and treat it. And one day the body comes to balance and boom, it just heals up. Yeah. Emu oil speeds that process. Interesting. Okay. So then you've got a, a variety of different products that you've started or that you've developed over the years for, for, with emu oil. And, and frankly, I've used a couple of them, but mostly I just use the pure oil. And I do it a variety of different ways. I often will put it on uh, straight, and maybe you can coach me on this a little bit, but I'll put it on straight and then put on whatever else I think I oh. want to get in and use mm -hmm. the emu oil as the carrier. Uh, and so I'll add it oftentimes to, um, and I just found out that uh, you folks even have one that, that has CBD added to it, but I've had really good mm -hmm. success with CBD topically. But my big concern has been looking at the back of these bottles with CBD balm is that, uh, you know, is it really going to get as deep as I want it to get? Because if you're using something with for joint pain, for instance, CBD right. oil for joint pain, you got to go pretty deep to really get more than just a surface relief uh, from it. Mm -hmm. And so I've used it with a lot of success with that kind of thing. And when we first started talking prior to hitting record, I do keep a bottle, a two-ounce bottle of emu oil in my medicine cabinet. And I look mm -hmm. at it as sort of a first aid option for a variety of different things, right? Right. Um and that would be the pure oil, but you've also used the pure oil and added it to a variety of things. We talked about the workers' hand, or the workers' cream uh, for people that have the dry, cracked, uh, super dehydrated skin. Uh, what else are you doing with emu oil and having success with as far as these cosmetic products that you're developing? Well, just like well, one of our facial products. This is uh, our uh, rejuvenation cream, and that's one that we used to. The original name on it was anti-aging cream. Okay. Until we were doing, we used to do a lot, a lot of trade shows, you know, as we get our, you know, our, our company started. And I'd have people come up to me and say, oh, I'm, I'm too young to use that. And others would come up and say, I'm too old to use that. So we changed the name to Rejuvenation. But it's got a high vitamin C content in it, along with a high content of email oil. And it's very, uh, works really well for, you know, actually scar reduction to uh, evening out skin discolorations and then just, you know, general hydration. But it's it's an incredible product. Interesting. The and one that you're talking about with that, that sensitive skin cream, uh, I mean, and it also is a very good, you know, daily moisturizer, but we've had 
very good success with it with people with uh, rosacea, you know, being able to calm that down. In fact, we had a trade show. There's did a trade show down at Lake Havasu, and one of the vendors there was just she's just flaming in rosacea. She came mm. up and says, "What have you got for this?" I said, "Well, a sensitive skin cream." So she took some, put it on half her face. The one side of her face calmed down. The other side's bright red. She ran around, told everybody in the whole show, showing them, <laughs> "Here it is," <laughs> and we sold out pretty rapidly. But. <laughs> Here it is in red and white. Yeah. <laughs> Most people aren't brave enough to do that. She was so amazed. That's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and not shy. She's yeah. a salesman. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got, I've got a good friend who struggles with rosacea. He's in the natural products industry and has tried a lot of things without a lot oh, of success. Really? So I'm going to have to uh, turn yeah. her on to that and let Try her know. Um, okay, okay. So then if someone does have trouble skin, uh, troubled skin, rosacea, eczema, psoriasis, these types of things, the oil, a cream, what do you typically recommend? Well, it depends on, you know, the location. Okay. You know, because any of these products, anything with emu oil can be effective to that. The only right. thing I wouldn't use would be the hot spice and ice because of the cayenne in it. Right. You know, it'd be a little irritating. But most anything else that we produce would work well. So if you've got, you know, uh, eczema or something on your face, number one, I'd recommend that sensitive skin cream. Okay. But if it's on your hands, which is common, feet, arms, knees, go to the worker's cream. It's more protective. It's a little heavier cream. Okay. All right. Good to know. And but then I, would, I but, really wouldn't hesitate to take some internally either, you know, in those situations. Okay. So actually, those complement each other really well. Uh, what, what amount of capsules is recommended? A couple capsules a day or? Yeah, it's dosage is, is three a day. Three a day? Okay. Yeah, but if you if you're a pro, you know, if you have a problem that you're trying to deal with, we recommend you know doubling up, do you know three in the morning, three in the night, go through a bottle that way, which would be a half a month, and then drop back to the three a day dosage. Okay, that seems right. to work really well to maintain it. Do the do the inside out approach, which may, makes yeah. plenty of sense and then to me. Going with the topicals and this thing, you know, like what you were talking about with using the pure oil and then combining it with other ingredients just due to the fact that it is a transdermal carrier you want to be very conscious of the ingredients you're combining it with right what you're pulling in right yeah. this is what back in the early days early times of the EV industry people were going down they run down to you know the local box store buy the cheapest lotion they could find combine emu oil with it take mm. it to the farmer's market and sell it well they have all these people coming back with rashes and all kinds of problems because these, you know, those type ingredients were never made to penetrate the skin. Right. They were just to be on the surface. So you're putting a transdermal carrier with something that's toxic to the body and it, you know, you get a bad result. So that's really a lot of the reason we came up with our product line, which is very, very clean. It has no, uh, artificial preservatives in it. We have no artificial color, no artificial fragrance, nothing that would be toxic. Also yeah. the petroleum fillers. That's the other thing. And that makes a, a lot of sense. And I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Be careful what you're pulling into your body with the emu oil and that you're right. a clean product if you're going to do that. And of course you've got now, I mean, as I look at your product list and, and up to this point, we've only carried about eight or nine of your products, but you've got a much wider selection than that. Um, I anticipate uh, with this conversation, I'll be looking back through your list and bringing more things mm -hmm. into Vitality uh, to test out. So then would you say the pure emu oil, of course, is 100% pure, um, but you feel like in most cases, one of your creams would be a more overall beneficial product than just the emu oil rubbed onto uh, problem skin? Yeah. I mean, if you could get... If you had to just pick one product, probably the, the pure oil is the most versatile. Mm -hmm. But if you're dealing with a specific problem, <laughs> scratch your head, maybe it's uh, uh, dandruff mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe, maybe uh, you know, psoriasis in the scalp or something. Uh -huh. Our shampoo and conditioner are awesome for that. You know, it's treating the skin. It's bringing the balance to the skin. It's getting nutrients in instead of just drying it out. Yeah. 
Very interesting. I have one other question that I want you to answer because I think people that have never used this stuff before or seen it really uh, will want to know this. It, it is an animal fat. Uh, is there an off-putting scent or any of that kind of stuff to it when when it's applied? There's no scent. There's no flavor. Yeah. It, if you buy an emu oil and it has a scent in it, it's either being covered up, they're covering up something, or it could just plain be rancid if it hasn't been refined properly. Okay. Now our, our product, we, you know, one thing we start out at the bottom, we, you know, you got to have a strong foundation. So the feed, you know, we got to just a balanced, high, highly nutritional feed that these things are raised on. Mm -hmm. And the oil can be influenced easily by whatever the components are in the feed. Sure. And then, uh, What's that has done is that they're, you know, processed properly. We're not doing it in the backyard. We've got proper sanitation and refrigeration. So they're processed in an inspected, you know, uh, plant. From there, it's all shipped out frozen to a refining facility that refines it. We send it in for testing and, you know, to make sure the content is right. It's, it's uh, one of the tests is an OSI rating which will tell you the longevity, you know, stability of the oil. Is it crude rendered oils? You know, a lot of the stuff that, uh, you know, you find it on the internet, it's cheap, comes out of Australia, and a lot of it's not been refined. Hmm. And it would have like a six-month shelf life at best, where a good quality refined emu oil would go absolute minimum three years. Okay. Interesting. And so then, uh, and, and of course I already knew the answer to that question cause I use it myself and it, it's incredible actually to me how, I, I don't know what the word is, but how mild, I guess it is because you, you really can't smell it. Uh, and, and then one of the, I think is so unique about it and you just have to test this out is when you do rub it on the skin, it, it feels oily obviously, but it goes in in ways that no other oil you've rubbed on your skin goes in. It's really amazing stuff. Mm -hmm. So totally unique. Um, and, and that's again, why I wanted to bring you on. And of course we're running out of time now, but um, is there anything else, Don, before I let you go that people need to know about emu oil, the uses of it or any of those things? Well, just getting to some of the, um, well, you said you, you have the lip balms. Oh yes. We need to mention those. That's our number one seller. Yeah. They are, and I'm not biased or anything, but they're the best in the world. <laughs> and they can be used for more than just a lip balm. You know, we get a lot of people that do, you know, rock climbing and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And if you're rock climbing, you know, you're, you're scuffing your knuckles up sure. and on the rocks. They rub a little on their lips, a little on the face, on the knuckle and keep climbing the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say this, and obviously your your products not mine and so i have i guess less uh less bias in this way but i've never ever and we've sold i don't even know probably a hundred brands of lip balm in the 40 plus years we've been in business mm -hmm. i've never had a lip balm that people come back and rave about like the montana emu ranch lip balm people absolutely love the stuff and once they try it they just don't ever want to use another lip balm it, it really yeah. is amazing what we hear about it and easily the thing that we sell the most in your line and and frankly i don't think most people even know what's unique or special about it they just think you guys have this great recipe but obviously the magic is in the emu oil that's in that lip balm and 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 able to penetrate into the uh tissue and, and really heal mm -hmm. at the at that lower level Mm -hmm. Well, it is. And then, you know, basically, you know, beeswax is really good nutrient too. Mm -hmm. And so the emails, you know, patrol are propelling that. Yeah. Uh, but so many skincare products, you know, I'm talking conventional skincare, uh, lip balms, these kind of things. The more you use it, the more you need it. You know, a lot of them are alcohol, you know, they have alcohol base, you know. Yeah, mineral which evaporates, oils and things like yeah, that. Yeah. They want to evaporate off those oil, excess oils. And when they evaporate off those oils, because they won't go in, then it draws moisture from the skin as well. Now, ours have none of those drying agents. It just, you know, it's made to absorb. But you'll see with, you know, even a lotion. I mean, how many times have you seen 
I don't mean to pick on the women, but you got a lotion bottle present. They can't resist taking a pump off it. Right. You know, every time they walk by it. And, uh, you know, because, it, and that's, that's a lot of the reason because it just keeps drying. It keeps pulling moisture. So you need more of it. And that's a good marketing thing, but it's not good for the body. Now ours, you take, you know, you put some on in the morning, you might put some on again in the evening, but it stays moisturized all day long. Yeah. And that's one thing that I found interesting too, because I've got the workers cream upstairs um, and then I have the lip balm and I have the pure emu oil. Those are the three that I have on hand at my place right now. And um, the, these, they aren't very big jars. The workers cream jars are pretty small, but they go a really long way because you're not having to reapply them 10 times a day. And, and you don't seem to need a ton of coverage either. Uh, you can right. put a pretty thin layer on there and get a really good result. Mm-hmm. All works right. That way, the lotion. I mean, all of them. Just okay. So this is what's happened. I get <laughs> I get you on my show, and my show is a is a show about educating people on natural products. It's about it's about getting people to you know come in and support my business mm-hmm. right at Vitality. It's a combination of of education and advocacy and and sales. Right. We talk about products on here. I'm I'm very open about that. That I have my own biases uh, when I'm trying to sell things. Uh, you know, on this show. And then sometimes I get a guy like you on who I've never met until this morning. And then I think, oh, you know what just happened? I just did an interview where that guy sold me something. And so <laughs> so when we hang up uh, from this uh, recording, we're not hanging up the phone because I'm going to be talking to you about a few other products I'm going to have to bring in. I'm really fascinated with this topic, and I really, really appreciate the education that I've received. I anticipate uh, hearing some really, really cool things from my listeners and, uh, and seeing some people test out emu oil for the first time. Don Collins from Montana Emu Ranch. Thank you so much for your time and your education here on uh, Emu Oil on Vitality Radio. All right. Thank you, Jared. All right. I'm going to let Don go, and I we've run right up against the time, so I'm going to go ahead and let you go as well. I hope that you were as fascinated by this topic as I was. Uh, This emu oil thing has been something that I've thought about putting on the radio for a long time. I didn't know enough about it. I found out that I could talk to Don about it and uh, get him to educate you. And I'm so glad I did. If you have questions about anything you hear on Vitality Radio, give us a call. 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or you can jump on our website, vitalitynutrition.com. You can open up a chat message or just go in and browse around. Happy to help you at either place. Thank you so much for listening to me. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio Podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. The FDA has not evaluated this podcast. This podcast is provided with the understanding that information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for care by a medical professional. Thank you.